0: Welcome to the Art5 Podcast. We're so glad to have you. And uh, uh, I've been looking forward to this ever since Joe uh, was the uh, sort of engineer to kind of put this together and to make sure that we got you on. Uh, So I'm super excited about this. And for those who've been listening to us probably for the last five or six weeks, we've been sort of heavy into... Uh, really writing and journalism and uh, a lot of that in and around the world of of combat sports, right? (laughs) Which is kind of what we do, right? So... uh, um, that'll be just a little curveball coming back the other way for you to sort of uh, okay. uh, handle, and, and you're free to you know feel free to ask yeah. us any questions we you can like. Talk combat in the RPG format. <laughs> right. Yes, that I do it's know about. It's a huge part. It's a huge part of the RPG format. Yeah, but anyway, so so welcome, and 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 so how are you? How's Asheville? How's the world over there in North Carolina?
1: Uh, it's really, really, really rainy here. We're under flood warnings, so.
0: Well, not much you know. different here, uh, and honestly, yeah. we just get whatever you're gonna get about uh, half a day to a day before you get it. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Sounds about right. Yeah, I
0: grew up in Winston Salem, not far uh, oh, cool. from from you on the on the to the east, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I spent a lot of time in the mountains there as a kid, especially. And uh, it's a beautiful place, and so it, there's a reason why it's it's become such a destination. And uh, oh yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, I think that maybe that's a good place to start, too, in terms of just sort of the the spirit of Asheville. You know, it's a very unique place. Uh, It's kind of a power spot, Mm -hmm. right, for a lot of things. And, uh, you know, when you think about um, art or creativity or existential thinking or, you know, all the things, uh, it really is sort of a hotbed uh, for a lot of really interesting companies, um, you know, galleries, artists. There's there's a lot going on there, and it's not, a, you know, it's a small place really, mm-hmm. uh, but boy, is it uh, a, an amazing spot. So it's it's great to talk to you, um, and we're gonna find out more about your your work with uh, with the museum. So uh, so yeah, tell us a little bit about how how you got into. Uh, are you from Asheville? Did you get there from somewhere else, and then? How did you get to be in this in this great spot that you're in now? Uh, <laughs>
1: um, I feel like I'm in the minority of recent transplants to Asheville because I actually moved here for the job and not just because Asheville is awesome, mm-hmm. uh, which is why a lot of people are here. But uh, I kind of worked out nicely for me, uh, lined professionally with my hopes and dreams. But I um, grew up in Georgia, in Athens, Georgia, oh, so okay. not too far away from here. Mm. And then I... Moved to the snowy Midwest to do my undergraduate work in Minnesota at wow. a tiny little liberal arts school, McAllister um, College. And then I moved back to Georgia to do my graduate work at the University of Georgia, um, all in art history. And then I spent some time in South Texas at the McNay Art Museum as a curatorial fellow and then got my first real gig in the field here in Asheville. I'm mm-hmm. glad well, to be back in the Southeast.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah for our for our listeners who don't know any better, you you're, you're um, uh, Hillary Schroeder, and you are just recently newly minted as an assistant curator mm-hmm. at. Oh, I'm going to like not get this right now at the <laughs> Asheville Museum of Art. Is oh, that, no. Right, Asheville, Asheville Art Museum. I have yes, it right there here. I, you go. I had to there wait my go. phone up to
0: get that right. <laughs> it is funny. About, it's just a little interjection here. It is funny mm-hmm. how every museum, because what happens also is they change their names always about every 10 to 15 years, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, we have the Frist here. Uh, and so it oh, was, yeah. I it, know the Frist. Right? So it was the Frist <laughs> Center for the Arts. Frist, and, yeah, Frist Center for the Visual Arts. Oh, okay. See, I can't yeah. even get the
2: old name right that it yeah. was for a long time. And, and they, then, they said other people couldn't, and that was one yeah, of the reasons why they changed yeah, they
1: told me when I, I was there last year twice and they told me that's one of the reasons they did it was to
2: alleviate the confusion. And evidently people were confused about like, like they didn't, they didn't put two and two together with like Frist Center for the Visual Arts. That's like a museum. Like they wouldn't, they <laughs> wouldn't really get that, that this is a place where there's art exhibitions. You know what I mean? And to, I mean, whatever, people are doing whatever they're doing and Nashville's got. Tons of people from everywhere coming through here, so it is it is hard to keep track of, but I really think they just simplified things when they just said, We're just the Frist Museum of Art. That's what everybody calls us anyway.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was a good call. Yeah. I actually, think it was no, definitely a good call.
2: Just a little correction another one, it's actually the Frist Art Museum. Is it really?
0: Yes. Did I just get that wrong? I think is you're right.
2: Why I want to say Museum of Art. I want to be like a little old fashioned about it.
0: So people tune into this because they <laughs> because they want to be inspired by people that seem to have some sort of expertise uh, or knowledge around the world of art, and we're just for five minutes what are even the names of these places and why are they called what they're called (laughs) right uh but anyway
2: (laughs) well the the reason why we're talking to hillary this week is because about a month ago i got an email from the asheville art museum uh informing me that you guys had just gotten a uh if i'm saying it's, it's correct me if i get all this wrong but you guys just got a big a big ass grant as we call it in the art world you got a big ass grant to digitize like kind of everything uh, to do with Black Mountain College. Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've
1: actually, we've gotten two really big grants. It's been a a banner uh, year or so for this collection for us. Um, So we got one from the Save America's Treasures program through the Institute for Museum and Library Sciences, Mm -hmm. where we're going to get to preserve and rehouse and conserve. And then we're going to do this sort of digitization project through the center no council for library and information sciences talk about getting names right Ooh, do <laughs> so <that. laughs> yeah so that yeah. one is gonna allow us to take really like great high-res photography of like both sides of things which is kind of unusual oh, and three, wow. like you know multi-views multi of three-dimensional things and um get everything online and um even have some things where uh trying to, to make it more accessible we're getting a fancy scanner that will be able to like Read the text and mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of new images mm-hmm. of a good number of things in our collection, or like overall, which is you know made up of at least about a quarter of Black Mountain College related materials.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, we should probably go ahead and explain now exactly uh, for those uh, the uninitiated, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Black Mountain College, uh, it's 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 a very um storied and important. Uh, sort of legacy-creating movement, essentially, that happened in and around an educational concept in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And so maybe you can help, uh, you know, when you're talking to somebody that has no idea about what Black Mountain uh, is, was, and, you know, is going to be, and then the importance of this collection, how do you tend to sort of synthesize that, (laughs) right? It's a lot.
1: Yeah, um, it is a really interesting experiment in higher education and in art. That's kind of like the first thing to know about it. Mm -hmm. It existed from 1933 to 1957 in Black Mountain, North Carolina. So about 15 miles east of where we are. And, It had some of the most important artists of sort of the early 20th century involved in it. And it was just this really cool place where people came together and experimented and collaborated and worked together. It was Mm -hmm. a working college. Um, So something that was really unique and didn't really kind of have a sustainable format in the long run, but allowed for a lot of ideas to come forth that then influenced art up until today people are still responding to Black Mountain College so
0: yeah and so like you know what would happen i guess is that uh you know this and there's a lot of history here that I'm just going to gloss over, but, but essentially people would come there for this very open um, set of programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no grades. There were no examinations. There were no term lengths or semesters or quarters. Um, you, you know, when you felt like you had realized or processed or graduated from whatever you feel like you needed to do there, then that's what happened when it happened. So what would, I guess, amount... So in the same way in the way that a university would have people sort of churning at a particular rate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you would have, uh, students there or visitors there, essentially, um, some that would stay for years, some that would stay for just the, you know, it was very popular. I understand for, for people to come down in the summer, a lot of the New York, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, to the summer
1: art institutes the, to mm-hmm. the summer
0: art institutes. And, and I've read a lot of books, um, that really kind of, uh, mention how, you know, from different artists, you know, um, about how important that that was for them and their development, and sort of this kind of a kind of a free play, kind of a, a place. Um, so there's just so much to it. Uh, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people think you know something like Evergreen or one of these kind of uh, super mm-hmm. kind of liberal schools now might be even remotely an equivalent, and it's just not. There's not even this is a such a unique um, educational movement and and theoretical approach. Um, and it also kind of seems like one of those things that almost like Woodstock or something, right? Where it's like this could have only happened with this incredible ing- ingredient, set of ingredients of mm-hmm. cultural stew that just amounted to this whole thing happening and, and coalescing at this very particular point. You can't contrive that. You can't make mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happen. So, that's, it's, it's something remarkable as sort of almost like a, a prolonged sort of happening unto itself.
1: Well, and that's where the first happening occurred <laughs> um, with John Cage and I think the summer of 1953. I'm not entirely certain I've got the date right, but um, so that sort of ahead. movement within yeah. like art that, you know, Alan Capro came and really made a thing and Fluxus really made a thing has its root at Black Mountain College. Mm-hmm. Um it, yeah, it was one of those things that happened in a particular moment. Uh, John Rice, who was one of the founders, was leaving to kind of explore progressive education and 1933 was when the college founded, which is when Hitler came to power and Josef and Annie Albers left mm-hmm. and the Bauhaus folded. So they were bringing this incredible Energy from mm. Europe with them and they settled in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina which you know we talked you know said something about the mountains and Asheville being this sort of site of really fascinating things happening um, the mountains were a huge inspiration that, that location in Black Mountain mm-hmm. or the two locations were, were huge
2: <laughs> 100% I think one of the things that like one of the reasons why I have so much to say about this, but I'm going to try to do it really fast and really, really concisely. So the, one of the reasons why I followed up on that email that I got from y'all and was like dying to talk to somebody about this is because right now, black mountain say in the last, you know, last decade for sure, but really kind of like the last five years, it seems like there's been this whole revival of interest. There's been new exhibitions that have been made. Those exhibitions Mm -hmm. have these great catalogs that have come out. A lot of the artists that were overlooked at that time are suddenly getting looked at again. Uh, it just seems like it's it's popping up. Nashville had its own show about Black Mountain just like two years ago at Vanderbilt University. They did a big uh, uh, exhibition where they had uh, a filmmaker working with a dance troupe and they did a yeah. whole happening of their own. It was fucking fantastic, right? So it's it's really in the air. I just reviewed a Ruth Asawa book last year, you know? So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a thing that everybody's talking about, all these Black Mountain artists and what they did. At the same time that Black Mountain is happening... That's, like, at the same time that, like, um, uh, and I'm all thinking about his Albers, but I'm trying to think of, uh, what's the name of the uh, the uh, abstract painter who goes to New York and basically kicks off abstract expressionism there? Motherwell. Yeah. No, no, no.
1: From Black Mountain? Or no, not I mean, from Hans, Black
2: Mountain. Uh, Hans, Hans, Hoffman. Hans Hoffman. Hans Hoffman. So Hans <laughs> yeah, Hoffman goes to New York. <laughs> Hans, Hans for 800, please. Essentially, yeah, exactly. Essentially, Hans Hoffman also comes from Europe, ends up in New York, <laughs> mm-hmm. sort of Kicks off modernism in America that turns into abstract expressionism amongst the in the Northeast, right? But like at that same time, with them. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and at that same time, you've got this stuff happening down in Black uh, down in Black Mountain. But here's what here's the difference is. Hans Hoffman and abstract expressionism ends up becoming modernism according to America in the 20th century, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you right now, everyone listening to this podcast from around the world, all our huge audience who's listening to this, Black Mountain is the future and Black Mountain was speaking to the 21st century and here's another thing that's crazy is like Black Mountains happen at the same time that like hillbilly stereotypes are becoming a part of popular culture and all this stuff and people don't even know it. It is so far advanced Advanced, but it's like the most incredible shit that was ever happening. The most visionary stuff that was happening in the art world during that time was happening in the Southeast and the next 100 years will prove my point.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that's definitely true. So, I, I will say that when we, so we've been closed for mm-hmm. three years to undergo a massive renovation and expansion project. We just reopened that's incredible. and um, you know, We had this opportunity to look at our collection in a whole new way, which has grown in an amazing sort of exponential way over the past 20 years or so. And when we started looking at how do we want to tell sort of the story of the works that are in our collection, our story as an American art museum of the 20th and 21st century, we looked at Black Mountain College to draw sort of these key ideas and themes from, um, you know, experimentation, collaboration, Mm -hmm. sort of a very particular time and place. These were the things that we came back to as an institution to look at American And art as a whole through the lens of Black Mountain, Mm because we feel that it is that sort of impactful Mm -hmm. on the history
2: of art. The way that you just said the word whole, and to me, that's one of the biggest things about the whole Black Mountain thing. Like when you're able to sort of like back up and look at it, it's like there's this holistic. S- mm-hmm. s- everything about it is holistic. Though none of those, I mean, like when I like I said, I just reviewed this book about the sculptor Ruth Asawa and 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 she was completely influenced by the dance classes she was taking with Merce Cunningham. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, if she hadn't taken those dance classes, would those sculptures look the same? No, they would not. But she was in a situation where she was encouraged to dance so her sculptures would be better. And that's nobody does mm-hmm. that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that in the 21st century, if we are able to continue a twenty first century, it's gonna be because we find bigger picture holistic understanding of how we're supposed to be with our environment, how we're supposed to be with our work, how we're supposed to be with our art, and all those things are gonna to continue to coalesce and it's gonna look a lot more like Black Mountain before we're done than it than it's gonna look like, you know, New
0: York in the thirties.
2: That would be
1: pretty cool. I'm I'm ready for that
2: world for
0: sure, myself. Me too. So, well, speaking to that a little bit, I mean, are there any aspects of this, uh, of Black Mountain and your, uh, you know, you just mentioned that you have actually even sort of folded that into sort of the philosophical underpinnings of your um, renovation and approach and kind of retooling? Uh, I mean, it, it seems to have, you know, it's it's got a lot of power, right? It can be this kind of uh, methodology or sort of a, a means of governance or or whatever. But do, do you think or... Do you feel like, um, have you run run across anything where you're kind of thinking, okay, this is where it gets a little fruity, right? Like, this is a little utopian, like, (laughs) beyond the bounds. Or, like, okay, like, this is very important. But has there been some sort of, like, a... Paradise now. Right. (laughs) But but you know what I mean? It's sort of like, uh, like I mentioned Woodstock earlier. I'm not trying to compare these things. It's just sort of, like, the easiest, most identifiable sort of... Um, occurrence in mass Mm -hmm. that I can think of that people can relate to where sort Mm -hmm. of counterculture or whatever you want to Mm -hmm. call it, sort of this greater philosophy uh, took hold for even a minute. Um, But, you know, if if you go back and look at some of those things, depending on where you're sitting in time, or if you see people trying to reach back and appropriate or incorporate aspects of that into the now, it feels sort of, I don't know, disconnected possibly. So I guess I'm just wondering about if if you found any sort of edges to this where you're like, man, this is really rich, really beautiful, and this is where it gets just kind of like, okay, I, you guys were on a kind of a trip.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that obviously it wasn't a perfect system or place or anything because it didn't last. Sure. Um, I think that, you know, it was really progressive in many ways in terms of equality, but it still had its issues at the time. Um And yeah, I think that there are definitely things about Black Mountain that tend to not get covered in some of the big fancy (laughs) exhibitions that, you know, really weren't perfect. Um, Yeah. Well, I, I think a I, lot of go ahead. Well, a lot of a lot of the people who were students there talked about how it was kind of hard times, not just because it was in the middle of World War II for a section there, but just because they didn't have a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. You know, they were growing their own food, building their own homes, basically, and sometimes it was not that glamorous. I think we do sometimes idolize and just see the shiny, happy parts mm-hmm. of it. But um, one of the cool things about some of the documents that we are going to be digitizing is that they help to. Give you all those perspectives on everything, which is kind of neat. Yes,
0: yeah, so they, they,
1: they reveal the under underlying things that maybe don't always get shown in mm-hmm. the big fancy art exhibits at museums.
0: Well, so um, I've done a lot of work here with the Nashville Metro Archives, and I've I've gotten a little bit more insight uh, through projects I've done with them uh, on sort of the 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 sheer difficulty, uh, sort of Sisyphean kind of uh, archiving is is wild right like that is Mm. and there's a lot of curatorial uh, judgments and decisions and you know you just mentioned that you have a lot of Uh, you've got some budget, you've got some equipment, you've got these things, you know, you've got a lot of possibilities. So maybe Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about like a little bit down and dirty about sort of what you're actually, um, archiving, where you are in the process, what is all going to be continuing, what is sort of pausing now to be sort of shown to the people, how you might be looking to extend that to the community. Just a few simple topics like that.
2: (laughs)
1: Just a few. Just a Um, few. No pressure. So we, we haven't really – we've got you know kind of our grant restrictions on when everything happens. Mm. Uh, so we haven't actually started the grant period yet. It's been awarded, okay. but we'll actually begin in earnest with the project in um, the summer, so in June. Killer. And one of the things that I have become an expert of sorts – not really an expert, but I have learned way more than most people know about as a result of this project already – is copyright um so we're going to be doing a lot of research into who the copyright contacts are the copyright status making that all readily available super glamorous uh super exciting but um it'll start kind of in waves as we um get materials back from conservation so that'll be cool because you get to see everything sort of shiny and you know stabilized and all of that but um yeah, um, it's just going to be one of those things that over time, as we get things online, once we have them digitized, we want to start building some online exhibitions and there's this sort of timeline aspect to it that will serve as a resource for people who want to know more about Black Mountain College. Um, we're working with some really great consultants like Mary Emma Harris, who is one of the um, you know leading scholars on Black Mountain College. We're going to have some interns who are funded through the project. Uh, people, please apply, keep an eye on our website for those. <laughs> To be doing research into like really cool topics that, you know, they're going to help develop and dig into a little bit more and really just sort of have these things so that you can either come to the museum, see things that are on view um, oh, or you, be able to access it from afar.
0: Yeah. Can you give us an insight on uh, in terms of just the all the types of media and ephemeral, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's not just like we're looking at paintings and listening to some recordings, right? This is... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the document of, uh, on all levels, right? There's a lot of mm-hmm. little, little things that amount to the larger picture. Can you give us some examples of sort of the array of, of media that you're capturing?
1: Sure. Um, so we have things in almost every media. We don't have our medium. We don't have any video from the black mountain era, which would be like my dream to have something from that time period. But we've got photographs, we've got paintings, um, textiles which are a really cool thing that you know relates back to annie albers we've got ceramics um and we collect not just from artists work in the black mountain period but also throughout their entire careers to see that long-term effect mm. and then sort of one of the special things that we have are two kind of special things that we have are theodore dreyer's documents so these 405 documents that he saved over the years from black mountain um so those are things like bulletins um Flyers For Programs Yeah they're super cool Uh, Course catalogs Which are Fascinating (laughs) To me Just to like See that like You know Recall that they were during the war, you know, teaching classes still. And there was actually like a military strategies class that you could take.
2: Um,
1: people think of black mountain for the art, but they taught everything there. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is really important. And that has, I mean, those materials have all kinds of cool things. And then we also have letters from Ray Johnson who started the male art movement. Um, that's probably what people best know him Mm -hmm. for, uh, to Lorna Blaine Halper, um, that he sent to her in New York while he was still at black mountain. They had met there and, um, those have so much insight into the daily life of um, what was happening there. Like he sends one letter to her where he talks about how he's taken over Ruth Asawa's studio and mm-hmm. it's kind of a mess. And um, yeah. it's also got like these doodles and drawings, you know, because, again, founder of the male art movement, you could already see it there. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of everything except for that, you know, video. So if anyone wants to talk to us about video they have, they can call me.
2: Cool. <laughs> It seems like there must, I mean, I see old footage of black mountain all the time. So there's the, you know, it's gotta be like 16 millimeter stuff Mm -hmm. or whatever they would have been shooting on in the forties, you know, in Mm -hmm. the fifties. Um, it's interesting, uh, you know, to think about all that. Is there any type of like, what's like the weirdest bit of ephemera that you have from black mountain, (laughs) (laughs) it seems Um, like there's gotta be something really bizarre.
1: There are some funny things in in some of the – I feel like some of the Christmas cards are my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, There are just these like funny little – like a funny little hand-printed Christmas card from Lionel Feiniger to Theodore Dreyer, um, which is like teeny, teeny, tiny Mm -hmm. and um, kind of just – you know, has that really personal um, element to it that I think is not very common to, to see. Um, so it's kind of fun to see those lasting relationships. But I do feel like the Ray Johnson letters are, are particularly entertaining.
0: <laughs> I just think it's cool that this can be brought. There's, it just makes it more real. And uh, I mean, just the the simple value of having uh, all of these these levels of this documented for us to eventually all experience, um, this wasn 't that long ago, you know what i mean like it, it 's just nice to sort of uh, it 's almost like collecting you 're collecting everything in this way to sort of now be able to form like a centralized sort of uh, reminder of of what can be you know mm-hmm. it, it, it is sort of this uh as much as it had an impact clearly it 's also something beautifully sort of um, just aspirational and 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 wanton about it that I really respect and appreciate and the more things that we can be sort of immersed in that remind us that, that that is i mean you know that that is a possibility i mean cuz you think about the world now and how sort of disjointed and weird a lot of things can be uh you know we don't have bombs uh you know over uh, it, it, we're not at war in the conventional sense right. uh, mm-hmm. you know the the urgency it was was pretty real so so you know do you feel like um uh, if I were in your position, I would feel an irrational, overwhelming, anxiety-inducing sense of pure responsibility. Um, so, I'm just wondering if you have, um, you know, awkward conversations with yourself in the shower to, re- to encourage yourself, like, I can do this, or have you ended up in a, uh, any you know, sort of tears at any point? Um, have you had to call on mentors? Uh, you know, how hard has this been? How much do you, t- you know, obviously, you know, you take it very seriously, and you know a lot about about what you're doing but this is a big deal right so how are Mm -hmm. you how's that going for you
1: (laughs) Uh, I will say that one of the really awesome things about where I work is that we are a super collaborative staff so I do not feel alone at all in this venture and you know I there were a couple of us that really worked on this grant, and um, we each sort of bit off chunks of the actual grant application, which did induce tears a little bit probably throughout the process. Yeah. Took a couple of rounds to, to convince them that we could handle doing all the metadata and the copyright and all of that, but they, you know, gave it to us eventually. And, you know, now it's just sort of sitting down together at a round table and making a plan for how to get it done. Um, in terms of handling it, that's not usually anything that gives me any anxiety because I have handled some pretty large unwieldy works of art in the past few years and it's more just sort of a reverence that I feel when I'm handling the the documents in particular Um, I I do feel a little extra special every time I interact with those works a little extra cautious for sure Uh, because I know their their scarcity and their value to have Mm -hmm. things that are related to Black Mountain
0: yeah all these one one of a kind um, Mm -hmm. pure artifacts right
1: right (sighs)
0: What do you think? What what is the closest current, um, either movement or location or educational institution or where do you think that the spirit of that is is living and breathing the most uh, in the world now? Or do you think that this is something that you're really looking at uh, something of the past? Even I know that there's current things going on but it's still it's, it's inevitably a distillation right so um mm-hmm. wh- wh- what do you think is the closest equivalent to sort of like that kind of um centralized you know uh, kind of power spot or whatever you want to call it uh is there anything else comparable in this moment this is open to you as well joe <sighs>
1: That's a really interesting question. And I feel like I would have been more tuned into that a couple of years ago, because when I was in graduate school, I had an assistantship that was with a program called um, Ideas for Creative Exploration. And it was a program that supported interdisciplinary sort of research across all departments at the University of Georgia. It was super cool. And one thing I looked into while I was there, and this was five years ago now, um, but was sort of these alternative schools. And I wish that like one would pop into my mind right now, because I know I've looked into this, but there's not really one that's jumping into my mind. Um, but I do feel like there are some liberal arts schools who are taking some of these ideas, um, you know, progressivism and John Dewey's ideas, which inspired John Rice at Black Mountain are still I think, in play in a lot of places in small ways. Mm But um, yeah, I don't actually... Have a great answer for that right off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we're we're having a little bit of a crisis in our art scene here in Nashville right now because uh, a an independent art college just got swallowed by a private I religious heard. college, and mm-hmm. it's and it's I don't know. It's really and the way it went down was sketchy and stuff, and it's it's a quagmire to even open up the subject. But but it's 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 one of those things where you know we're still in this we're still in a world where arts education just seems so fucking fragile. You know what I mean? mean Mm -hmm. and it's like it's always the first thing to get cut it's always the last thing to get added it's always the thing where i i recently got an award to do a public art project and i contacted all the council people, like in just one mass email, all the council people who were in this area of town I'm doing this in. And I just, you know, some of them were people I had contacted directly cause it was their districts that were actually, you know, uh, affected that I was actually involved in. But I but I let everyone in the neighborhood essentially know. And, and, one, and, uh, and we ended up having this whole thread of conversation with like lots of people asking smart questions and, you know, hey, congrats, Joe. You know, hey, I'm so glad to help you with this. Cause I had some support from people ahead of time. then out of nowhere this one dude's like is this taxpayer money (laughs) and it was and i'm trying to this day i'm trying to let it be okay that he said that and i'm trying to remember that you know emails doesn't have any nuance and maybe he's just trying to learn how the arts are funded in nashville because he's new on the job but probably not probably (laughs) Mm -hmm. this guy was shocked that someone had been given thousands of dollars to do a public art project in nashville and it's like it's a fucking uh, it's a, it's a badge of honor. And it's something that's getting a lot of attention in our city because of the fact that we are making an effort to fund arts. And it's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why people are coming here, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's one of those things that like, it's always undervalued. It's always, it's undervalued until the real estate goes up and then it's undervalued again. <laughs> right. So I, feel I just, like there's
1: a lot of parallels between Asheville and Nashville. Yeah, I've, I've I had this conversation when name. I came <laughs> to the first and uh, you know, last year, a couple times with folks and I'm like, there are some similarities
2: going on. Yeah, with the, for sure. They're both a hundred percent. I mean, we're, we're very close to, we border each other. Our States border each other. Mm-hmm. We share those beautiful mountains together. And I think between Nashville and Nashville, There's definitely this thing of like cool southeastern destinations where Uh lots of people are moving and there's a whole bunch of people who are having their lives disrupted by these sudden influxes. You guys have become, you guys are like the capital of craft beer making. In, there's in, so in, in much in beer. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a lot. Of, yeah. So equally Nashville and Asheville are running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. It's, right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Beer, how much, how beer, much, burgers. Let's just do it. Around, how much ax yeah. throwing do you have in Asheville <laughs> we, right now? We've
1: got the ax throwing we, we too. We've got yeah. ax throwing.
2: That's hot, hot air. Hot air ax throwing. Yes. Gentrification. And bingo. No, but the, the,
0: but the thing is, is that uh, I, I think that uh, another parallel would be that the, the, the thing that attracts people to Asheville or Nashville is rooted in uh, past sort of cultural movements that have really mm-hmm. uh, manifested into the culture in, a, in an authentic way and been really actually woven into the culture. And then now we have this whole sort of other layer of kind of sediment that just get, is just getting put over everything. And then now there's all these layers of sort of obfuscation between the authenticity that's actually magnetizing people to these places. And they don't realize that give it another generation it's just gonna be like for here we just talk like oh we're just gonna become Atlanta or, or you know mm-hmm. whatever not that Atlanta's terrible, but you know what I'm saying and so i I, I do feel <laughs> yeah. like that cities uh uh like that you know that have unique cultural offerings are uh sort of I don't want to say like under threat that sounds very evening news but it but it is sort of that way and i and I feel like that uh that actually lends more value and, and and credence to sort of uh this this uh black Mountain project you know because that mm-hmm. is that is that, that stuff, that sort of teeming kind mm-hmm. of uh, it, you know, I, I guess I can say this because it's Asheville, energy mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right? <laughs>
1: we got a lot of places to buy crystals here. We really <laughs> yeah, have a lot of places yeah. to, to buy crystals.
2: That's in this for town. sure, that's for sure. Um,
1: <laughs> I've, got,
2: I've got relatives in Asheville and Sedona and they're kind of the same. <laughs> and we love we love yeah. them all. One's, one's a misty mountain town and the other one's a, like a, a quaint desert villa but uh, mm-hmm. together they both... There, I think there's a portal that connects them. Let me say that. <laughs> yeah. so, yep. so,
0: and uh, this is a little bit of a curveball and kind of a a, a a jump to a different territory, but okay. um, i ready. I appreciate you. There's a portal for that, uh, right? Right. <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, you know, taking us on in the sense that uh, you know we 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 talk to a lot of artists, a lot of creatives, uh, but like I said, you know, a lot of our um not a lot, but I would say a good half of our audience. That's I guess that's a lot. Is actually it's five people. This sort of this. <laughs> Right, right. No, no. <laughs> this is getting, it's actually been getting pretty wild. So, so, uh, so I guess what I'm it's trying people. to say is that, that the, uh, the, the, we, we talk to a lot of people in mixed martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, without knowing anything about your thoughts on combat sports or boxing <laughs> or MMA uh, or, you know, the UFC or any of these things, <laughs> I would yeah. like to understand what is, what is your, uh, how does your brain process talking to us right now <laughs> when you know that that's half of our focus?
1: I, 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 I do hope that there is some crossover in <laughs> the people who watch MMA and the people who go to art museums. I want that to be a thing. I like am about varied and diverse interests so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm for that i, that was I feel very like...
0: diplomatic it's very diplomatic
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's great and i appreciate you i mean I, everybody who comes on here who has no connection to the fighting world or everybody who comes on here who's only connected with the fighting world i always appreciate guests you know who are who come from those places because it's it's always help. i think it's i think it's an important part of what we're doing not only to present people who actually are both but I think it's important just to, for for artists to find out what it takes to be a fighter because I think it, often we we always get to that core where we talk about the creativity you know what I mean <laughs> and and when we're talking about what we're talking about what we're doing with you we're, we're getting into the core of like the struggle it's a big deal to get those grants it's hard to, to digitize an entire culture that happened over 25 years in the late 20th mm-hmm. century <laughs> you know it's, it's um, hard
1: uh, to work in a nonprofit world where the taxpayers don't pay for
2: much right exactly all that stuff is difficult you know and so I feel like that's where you know that's where we see the struggles and the victories that lead to the progress and that's exactly what we see that's exactly what we see in the in the ring Brian it's true (laughs) or the
0: cage Brian (laughs) it's I think think also just I mean I think it's it's probably something that we as sort of uh, people in the art world tend to uh, be so comfortable with that it's probably almost problematic, but being creative or, you know, if you have the, the gall to sort of call yourself an artist or it's, it almost feels painful to do that. Right. Sometimes. Cause it's just like, I'm not, I'm just trying to just live and interpret reality and do things with my brain or my body that I feel like are just responses to reality. Right. It's not like I'm mm-hmm. trying to get famous. Right. But mm. at the same time, uh, I'm open to it. No, um, no, no, but, uh, but I, but but I suppose that, um, you know, like there, there is something dire. There's something very dire about being focused on, on the arts and trying to translate the arts and trying to write about the arts and capture and, and present, uh, you know, and, and create a place. Uh, it is something that's very causal to, to people in a way that, you know, is not dogmatic or anything. It's just about like, uh, it's, if you really just think about the essence of why that is just, it feels necessary to do what you're doing. Um, what I hope to, to impart to people sometimes, and I, I'm not a, a, a fighter, but I very much understand that they feel the same way about what they're doing. They have to do it.
1: it yeah, it's that, that's something that comes from <laughs> deeper within you. And I think anything that anyone is passionate about, that, you know, you can't not. Do It It, it hurts. To, I mean, sometimes it hurts to do it.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I, I heard the um, poet, current poet laureate of um, North Carolina speak recently about creativity and um, Jackie something green. Her name is totally escaping me, but she's fantastic. And one of the things that she said that really struck me was that creativity bruises you but you can 't not do it, and I think that that applies to anything that you 're passionate about that like your your desire to do that thing that you love is so important, and often it 's really rewarding and valuable but it 's not always easy and that 's something that 's really hit me hard
0: yeah yeah I, I, well that 's that 's perfect right i I love that that you you got that and i I feel it's it 's actually worse than bruises i think it 's sort of like uh, you know, getting your head stuck down in the toilet by the bully. Well, uh,
1: she's a poet, so she's <laughs> kind of in some, some toilet language. Toilet, yeah,
0: sure, bully, sure. bully. It's <laughs> <like that>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then and then like what what are your what is your greatest sort of um goal or hope or aspiration with respect to congratulations on your your new role, but uh Thanks. in your in your mind's eye, what's what's your north star? Like where are you trying to get and how do you how do you how are you gonna get there?
1: Like, for my own personal aspirations? Yeah.
0: Like, as it relates to everything Water. you're doing.
2: Your character everything in Dungeons & Dragons. Where's your character going? <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Where is he going? Bless him. Um, that's a whole other
2: conversation.
1: <laughs> um, I, I feel like, you know, being in this field, in museums, like serving the public, I feel like, you know, my, my goal ultimately is to kind of help and... Make museums a place where people can come together where the people who love MMA and come to your podcast for that (sighs) feel welcome. And, you know, to, to work towards doing projects that do help us be better people and know ourselves better. And that's sort of, you know, for everyone, not just sort of the elite, which is how I think museums have served people for a long time. So that's kind of my very esoteric answer to that, I guess. But um, that's sort of the things that being kind of early in my career, I really hope that at the end of it, that that's something I can say I contributed towards. Was just sort of making us better through our appreciation of art and museums being a place to, to come together and, and and learn and heal and have hard conversations
0: yeah mm-hmm. and, and it sounds like uh, what you mentioned earlier that sort of the, the, you're most at home perhaps in the southeast is that right
1: yeah it definitely feels like home i like to be warm so
0: that yeah. helps yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so that, well that's good so it sounds like you don't like want the, to be in minnesota if that's
2: like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. I can't
1: go back i love it i can't go back
0: cool. <laughs> yeah um a friend of mine uh has been painting a very large scale mural in mankato minnesota mm-hmm. uh and you know it's on a i don't know about 150 foot silo he's doing that right now um Well, he was. uh, He He
1: must have stopped because it's... (laughs)
0: Yeah, it it's got it cold. got to the point where it was you know whatever you know sort of you need some zero like, degrees you need some of that NASA paint. So so <laughs> yeah, well he was having to, he was having to heat up the wall on like while he's on the lift 100 feet in the air, he's having to like take propane heaters and heat up the surface of the concrete right. so that the paint will take. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got this whole sort of contraption, but it just got to the point where you know he he had to put it down for a minute. He's from yeah. Australia, so he just went back to Australia for a while. There, yeah. um, but strangely There's enough, he's, there. strangely yeah. enough, he's actually going to be uh, knocking on on the door here pretty soon he's coming in town for the weekend so uh and he did a massive mural here in town too it's like a 175 foot uh monochromatic portrait of one of the oldest lifelong residents in the neighborhood that's Uh, awesome uh so it's very much sort of cultural kind of assimilation understanding uh kind of stuff it's not just like check out my i'm gonna force my my geometric ideas on you Mm -hmm. um at scale whether you like it or not in pink, I don't know. It's, right. it's a little bit, you know, it's thoughtful, but, uh, but anyway, Guido van Hilton, definitely check out his work. Um, and uh, so what, what, if people want to find out about everything that you're doing about you and, and the museum and this uh, amazing program, uh, how do they find out more?
1: Um, one of the best places to keep an eye on things is ashevilleart.org, our website. And, um, you know, we'll be posting updates on the project probably throughout. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, our awesome communications team has plans to sort of keep track of this project as we go along. I, and on eventually, so, on, on
2: social media, you guys just at Asheville Art.
1: Uh, it might be at Asheville art museum. Okay. I'm a really bad
2: millennial. Okay, yeah. we'll like it, I'm we'll a terrible the, millennial. We'll put it in the show info. We'll look it up.
1: Yeah. yeah. That sounds great. Um, I'm just asking for all- my
2: own edification. Cause I just can't wait <laughs> sure. to jump on social media and follow y'all.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: but, yeah, eventually we're going to have this this website that's going to be a product of all of this. And, you know, there will probably be press releases and bells and whistles and all that once Killer. it actually goes live within the next couple of years as we work through this grant. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I feel like our website's a great place to, to keep an eye on things and, yeah, definitely our social media. Um, so, yeah, great. or just come to Asheville and check it out. Right. We've got a beautiful brand new space that's ready to welcome anybody who wants to come check it out
0: get some beer some crystals artisanal crystals i Mm -hmm. like the
2: uh, i like the green man that's good that's uh is that what it's called that's classic yeah Yeah, green man that's That's old school school. i I know the old school (laughs) y'all
0: go buy some synthesizers over at moog um so uh I can't thank you enough, Hillary. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, and and we would love to have you back um and and hear sort of where you are, you know <laughs> once yeah. you get once you get further down the road or right around the time mm-hmm. that you feel like you're arriving. so uh, so yep. so thank you so much. I really appreciate it. super excited for you.
1: Thanks so I appreciate y'all taking the time to mm. chat about this stuff and be interested in it. I mean sometimes I feel like am I the only one who gets super psyched on things? So mm. whenever I hear people like excited about things whether it's in the galleries or in this kind of setting it just like makes me feel good, makes my heart <laughs> warm that that people are taking in art and appreciating mm. it and that it is meaningful. That's so great. sometimes Sometimes we get in our little little hole and i stuck in our little offices and I got to get myself out to go walk through the galleries. Mm. Appreciate people appreciating.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. I, it, it is good to sort of uh, be reminded that what you're doing is important work. Well, we're here to tell you uh, these two, us two sort of wing nuts from Nashville, uh, we believe in you. And...
2: <laughs>
1: well, y'all are welcome anytime. You know, hit us up when right. yeah, you're, coming for sure. future, yeah. you're coming to town, oh, for well, sure.
2: Definitely. Hey, you too, and yeah, next time you come through Nashville, like, definitely let us know and we'll get you back on the show like in like you can sit here with us and so it's a little bit it's just it's so much cozier we can all share the space yeah. share right. the space eat drink some coffee yeah we'll, so
0: it's like a little happening right here in the living room I love it <laughs> <laughs> alright well so, so thanks again Hillary and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll make sure all the info is in the show notes everybody and, and thanks again keep an eye on it uh, Black Mountain College look it up learn about it find it be it do it
1: Okay guys, I love the Art Fight Podcast and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going, how can I help?
0: Go to anchor.fm forward slash Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're gonna pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone